Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do terrific work. You can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including Kathleen Pasadomo. She is our state senate president. Uh, Kathleen will be visiting with you, as well as Dr. Susan Wilson. She is from Tanzania. She is the president and CEO of the Two Mine Fund USA. She is helping thousands of orphans in Tanzania. Uh, just an amazing woman, uh, an amazing job that she's doing with her husband. Also, we'll visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, and uh, my wife Linda will be joining us as well. Happy Valentine's Day. It is February the 14th, and on this day in 270 A.D., Valentine, a holy priest in Rome in the days of Emperor Claudius II, is said to have been executed under the rule of Claudius the Cruel. Rome was involved in many unpopular and bloody campaigns. The emperor had to maintain a strong army, but was having a difficult time getting soldiers to join his military leagues. Claudius believed that Roman men were unwilling to join the army because of their strong attachment to their wives and families. So he said, I'll get rid of that problem. Claudius banned all marriages and engagements in Rome. Valentine realized the injustice of the decree, defied Claudius, and continued to perform marriages for the young lovers in secret. When Valentine's actions were discovered, Claudius ordered that he be put to death. Uh, Valentine was arrested, dragged before the prefect of Rome, who condemned him for uh, to be beaten to death with clubs and to have his head cut off. It's pretty severe. The sentence was carried out legend so that he had to, had it while uh, in jail. St. Valentine left a farewell note for the jailer's daughter, who had become his friend and signed it from your Valentine. For his great service, Valentine was named a saint after his death. In truth, the exact origin and identity of St. Valentine is unclear. According to a Catholic encyclopedia, at least three different St. Valentines, all of them martyrs, are mentioned in the early mythologies under the date of 14th February. One was a priest in Rome, the second one was a bishop, now in Tyranny, uh, Italy, and the third was St. Valentine was a martyr in Roman province of Africa. Legend varies on how the uh, martyrs' names became conducted with the Romance. The uh, date of his death may have become mingled with the Feast of Rupercalia, a pagan festival of love. One of these occasions, the young uh, names of young women were placed in a box from which they were drawn by men as a chance directed. In 496 A.D., Pope uh, Galatius decided to put an end to the Feast of Lupercalia, and he decided that February 14th be celebrated as St. Valentine's Day. Gradually, February 14th became a day for exchanging love messages, poems, and simple gifts such as flowers. So happy Valentine's Day. Uh, poor St. Valentine did not experience the love from uh, Claudius. 
Well, Baltimore parents are speaking out against the city's public school system after it was revealed that, get this, 23 schools reported no students with proficiency in math. Davida Allen, who is a first grader in, who has a first grader in the city's public school system, demanded action from politicians after she found out the shocking discovery from the media. I think it's about holding our administrators accountable, Allen told uh, Dana Perino on Monday. Unbelievably, uh, the uh, chief administrator was confronted about this, and he threw an outrage. He was very upset. The fact that not one student in these 23 schools were proficient in math, and he somehow is defensive about it. It's just unbelievable. So how people can justify taking large salaries and incomes and so forth and uh, not provide any accountability or results is just beyond me. Amazing. Well, Speaker Kevin McCarthy is leading a congressional delegation to the southern border on Thursday, marking his first visit to the border since winning the gavel last month. Republicans uh, Representatives Juan Cosimani of Arizona, Lori Chavez de Rimmer from Oregon, Jen Keegans from Virginia, and Derek Van Olden from Wisconsin, all first-term uh, lawmakers, will accompany McCarthy on the trip. The group will be traveling within the Border Patrol's Tucson sector. They will be briefed and received an aerial tour from U.S. Customs and Border Protection, according to McCarthy. Uh, I don't think our president has still made it down there, has he? In any event, has a CNN this morning become a toxic workplace? Uh, progressive host Don Lemon, or our Lemon, uh, disrupted a commercial break to criticize an interview conducted by a colleague in a Tuesday segment. Lemon delivered an opinion monologue critical of the interview between co-host Caitlin Collins and Representative, uh, Representative James Comer, chairman of the House Oversight Committee. This is the time that we're in. The facts are sort of flexible, Lemon said of Collins' interview, apparently upset that she didn't challenge Comer enough. Lemon also refused to move on when co-host Penny Harlow uh, tried to transition from Lemon's criticism of the interview. Lemon, at one point, directed his crew to delay a commercial break, continuing on with criticism of Marjorie Taylor Greene's and people who don't believe in facts or have a shared reality. Lemon's criticism didn't go unchallenged. Harlow praised Collins for the interview. Lemon was also in hot water with viewers and, and observers who criticized his treatment of his female colleagues. Cable News veteran Megan Kelly pointed to Lemon's monologue as disrespectful. Other viewers uh, called for Lemon's termination from CNN. Another speculated that Lemon was even trying to get fired. It wasn't the awkward brush between Lemon and his co-host that indicated things are not going well at CNN this morning. Curtis Halk of Newsbusters created a supercut of Lemon and Collins interrupting one another, leading to credence to the idea that they don't have the best relationship. According to Fox News, Lemon discussed the Collins-Comer interview later in the show Tuesday morning with The View, according to Alicia Farah Griffin, the actual praise Collins, uh, possibly in an attempt to mitigate the damage done earlier. As I was watching the very good interview by Caitlin Collins with Comer, and I had to come out and say that something because he is citing sources as credible that are not credible, and he's talking about facts of something that's kind of flexible, and maybe you just believe one thing or maybe another. Facts are facts, he said. 
Uh, Lemon was demoted from hosting a CNN evening show later this uh, early this year, instead relegated to the morning show with Harlow and Collins. He's reportedly adjusted to working with co-host Poorly. Uh, inside account with uh, CNN described Lemon's poor relationship with his co-host, which he's included workplace arguments and yelling. So this is not going well for him. I don't think it's going to end well for him either. By the way, CNN this morning is drawing the lowest ratings CNN has seen in nearly a decade. The morning show has garnered its lowest viewership among the key 25 to 54 age demographic and its second lowest total viewership when compared to any of CNN's other morning shows since uh, New Day in uh, June 2013, according to Nielsen Data. So the show is bombing. He's not doing well. And when uh, even if the interview is poor, you you transition. You don't try and make your co-host look badly. And uh, that's exactly what he did, uh, showing very vo- poor judgment. And uh, somehow, some way, I think he's looking for a way out of CNN because his behavior right now is not demonstrating anything that is uh, in, in any way uh, supportive of his co-host. Well, the U.S. military shot down another suspicious object on Sunday, marking the fourth object to be shot down by the United States forces over North America in just over a week. The latest high-altitude object was shot down over Lake Huron, officials said. Uh, U.S. forces downed the object Sunday afternoon after the Federal Aviation Administration issued a national defense airspace temporary flight restriction Sunday afternoon over part of Lake Michigan. The restriction was removed after several hours. Uh, U.S. military has decommissioned another object over Lake Huron, Representative um, Jack Bergman tweeted Sunday. I appreciate the decisive action of of our uh, fighter pilots. The American people deserve far more answers than we have, he said. Uh, Both before Sunday and the United States downed three objects within the week that were believed to be surveillance balloons. Officials said that the object shot down Sunday in the Midwest appeared shaped like an octagon with strings hanging from it. It was shot down over the abundance of caution to ensure no civilian aircraft were damaged. They informed me that an F-15 using an AIM-9 missile had shot down the octagon structure over Lake Huron. The altitude uh, was about 20,000 feet, Bergman said in an interview with uh, Fox News. Still no word from uh, Uncle Joe. Joe Biden is still not commenting on this. He seems to have uh, taken cover, and uh, and he's not sharing his thoughts with the American people about this. Pretty strange behavior on his part. Well, Representative uh, George Santos has spent his campaign money in plenty of conspicuous ways, from lavish hotel stays in Las Vegas and Palm Beach to an unusual slew of payments for exactly $199.99, two cents below the threshold where receipts would be required. But deep within Mr. Santos' campaign filings, the New York Times found another eye-catching number, $365,399.08 in unexplained spending with no record of where it went or for what purpose. The mysterious expenditure, which lists no recipient and offers no receipts, accounts for nearly 12% of DeSantos, of Santos' uh, campaign totals expenses, many times exceeding the, what is typical for congressional candidates. Fellow New York House members, for example, failed to itemize between 0 and 2% of their expenses this past cycle. 
This guy is an absolute crook. He should be kicked out of Congress. He has uh, not simply fibbed or expended the truth or uh, falsified the truth. He is outright lying to the American people. And he seems to have absolutely no uh, shame at all whatsoever. And by the way, uh, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, Buttigieg, I should say, was strongly criticized for receiving lack of response to the train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. The derailment, which occurred on February the 3rd, started at a fire that lasted several days. All residents within one mile of the crash were evacuated, after which officials began to control burn of the chemicals carried by the train in order to mitigate the risk of explosion. The train was carrying vinyl chloride, a carcinogen that can poison water supplies. It was released into the atmosphere during the controlled burn in the form of massive clouds of dark smoke that could be seen in eastern Ohio and western Pennsylvania. Buttigieg appeared on uh, Monday at the National Association of Counties Conference to discuss topics such as racial equality in the field of construction but did not speak about the derailment. Representative Lauren Boebert of Colorado tweeted that Pete Buttigieg has finally emerged today, not a single comment about the train crash in Ohio. Instead, he bemoaned the whiteness of construction industry. It's a miracle that this country is able to function at all under this regime. Pretty sad indeed, Pete Buttigieg. And when he finally says something, he's criticizing uh, white folks as opposed to commenting on the fiery crash in Palestine. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senate president. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Mm-hmm. 
Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by internationalhealthplans.com. If you're planning on traveling abroad, well, most health insurance plans don't cover international travel. You want to make sure you can travel with confidence. Make sure you're properly insured when you go abroad. Uh, visit internationalhealthplans.com. Coming up, uh, we're going to be visiting with uh, Susan Wilson, Dr. Susan Wilson, medical doctor in Tanzania. Right now we have with us our state Senate president, uh, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. I understand that you're making a big announcement today on tort reform. Yeah, the uh, governor is, has invited the speaker and I to join him in Jacksonville, um, where he, he is going to discuss his concept for uh, tort reform, uh, pretty comprehensive policies from the one-way attorney's fees, assignment of benefits, um, uh, comparative negligence, uh, uh, accuracy and damages. I mean, just a whole plethora of of, uh, of policy that he'd like to see us uh, uh, pursue. The speaker's on board. He's going to take the lead on the legislation, which should be filed either this week or next week. And uh, you know, I'm I'm there to help. So it's going to be an it's going to be a good day. Uh, yesterday we flew to uh, Naples. Uh, <laughs> So I'm in my hometown to uh, um, where the governor made his announcement on the on the state's ESG policy. It's like every day he's got something that he wants to pursue, and we're right there with him. Uh, that's just outstanding. And by the way, ESG is um, I'm so pleased to hear that he's putting the kibosh on that because it absolutely does no good for investors or for stakeholders and companies. Right. And we heard yesterday from a, uh, a gentleman who owned a. Um, a gun shop in Naples, uh, doing very well. And one day he uh, gets a call from his bank saying, "We're not going to deal do business with you anymore because we don't like what you do." You're kidding. Uh, I know. And 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 honestly, it, you got to you got to look at this objectively. Here's a business that is making money. The fact that he sells guns is his business, a lawful business. You know, when somebody buys a gun from him, they do the background check, they do everything. And yet, at the same time, his bank just dropped him. And, and that wrecks havoc with, with your whole system. Sure. Um, they did the same, uh, a, a bank did the same thing with um, the GEO Group, which is a private prison that is contracts with the federal government to um, uh, hold 
the um, uh, illegal immigrants who are picked up for breaking laws. I mean, not just by being illegal, but actually being a criminal. Yeah. And uh, their bank dropped them because they didn't like the fact that they were uh, they were uh, incarcerating illegal uh, immigrants that had broken the law. I mean, this is getting out of hand. Uh, where where companies are so afraid of this political correctness. Uh, uh, sustainability issues. So, you know, we've got to find a balance, and the governor has a good plan for that. Well, that's good. Uh, back to the whole notion of a tort reform. Yeah. Oh, tell, tell us about the plan. Can you just uh, tell us in, in, in a few words exactly what the plan's all about? You know, basically, uh, Florida is considered <coughs> the judicial hell for, um, <clears throat> for litigation. And because of that, our, our insurance costs have gone through the roof. You know, as you know, we did a uh, a bill on uh, property insurance uh, last uh, December um, to basically uh, hold everybody responsible, the insurance companies and and the trial attorneys. And this is just taking that one step further on you know all insurance issues. Um, and it, you know, it's something that needs to be done. It, once again, you have to find a good balance. Because the reality is there's a lot of good lawyers out there who represent their clients and they do a good job. That's not the target. The targets are those attorneys, and there are very few of them, but they're making a ton of money, whose business model is to sue insurance companies for fees. That is not practicing law, and that is not representing uh, their clients. That's just making money, and they don't really even know who their clients are. So uh, that's what we're going to focus on. Well, that sounds good. It's always the uh, the unintended consequences of that. Right. Uh, so hopefully we'll be able to avoid any kind of problems. But, uh, at, you know, finally, we're uh, getting this, this tort reform taken care of. It's been for years in the making. Right, right. And, um, you know, we, 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 we want to do it right. We want to be thoughtful. and uh, But we have to do something because our insurance rates, you know, as I indicated, have, have gone through the roof. And a lot of it is because of bad actors and bad practices. You know, now the insurance companies are not blameless either, and we have to hold them uh, accountable as sure. well. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Kathleen Pasadomo, again, our state Senate president. I just genuinely appreciate this update from you. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you, and have a great day. You as well. Thank you so much. All right, coming up, Dr. Susan Wilson. She is the president and CEO of the To My Knee uh, Fund, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. 
Office is located at 9015 Stratostel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part uh, by Gulf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. You can find out more by visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Uh, coming up, we're going to be visiting with so- Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Dr. Susan Wilson. Dr. Wilson has been a, a guest on this show every year for... I'm guessing at least a decade, and uh, she just does wonderful work in Tanzania, helping orphans. Uh, and I'm just looking forward to hear an update on the story. Dr. Wilson, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me again, Bob. It's always great to speak to you. You as well, Dr. Wilson. So uh, how do we end up with all these orphans in Tanzania? Oh, gosh. Well, there's, there's loads of stories. First of all, I think... Um, it's important to realize that Tanzania is one of the 10 poorest countries in the world. Not usually up there in one, two, or three, but it's usually about six, seven, or eight, which is kind of, um, and, and it's, it's judged by different parameters like maternal mortality, how many women die in childbirth, and perinatal mortality, how many babies die around childbirth, and, um, and, and then the income that people take home and so on. They're usually about six, seven, or eight. Uh-huh. And then the money in Tanzania is concentrated in Dar es Salaam, which was the former capital. Um, and it's a beautiful city on the Indian Ocean down in the southeast of the country. But the area that I serve and that Tumaini Fund USA serves is, um, is a region in the far northwest. So since Tanzania is so Dar-centric, all the money is concentrated in Dar. And if you take little circles out with a compass from Dar and go out through the country, everything gets poorer and poorer until you get to our region in the far northwest, which has no tourist dollars. It's, it's far, far from the Serengeti and Kilimanjaro and all the coastal places. And um, it, uh, subsistence farmers there, and about 96% of our folk there are subsistence farmers who basically eat what they grow and then sell any excess for... Um, their their income and and they earn about hundred and fifty dollars a year. Wow. It, it, that's normal for a family to support maybe six to eight family members, including a grandparent or or any orphans that might come into their family. 
$150 a year. So that's hard for them to buy school uniforms, books and pencils, um, plastic buckets, anything they want that they have to buy out of that money. So it's really tough. And then in the 1990s, um, there was the genocide in Rwanda and Burundi, which are next door to this region called Kagira. And when the guys who lost the, the, the war were driven over the border, they were very angry and, and did what um, men do in some, some fights and some battles around the world. They raped the women and the girls, down to girls of about 12. Mm. And the HIV went up in this area from 2.8% it was previously, which is quite low by African standards, and it went up to 28%. Uh. So... Then we get to 2001, when my husband and I did a short term of service. I'm a, I'm a family doctor, my husband's a family doctor, and we did a time of service in a mission hospital in Kagira. And we reckoned that every third woman we delivered had AIDS. Uh. At that time, there was no uh, treatment for AIDS, there were no ARVs, so that woman was going to die, often died shortly after birth, and the child had a one in three chance of having AIDS itself. So... Um, that's how AIDS came into this area. So at that time, we reckon maybe um, there were about 200,000 AIDS orphans in that region, and it was quite terrible. You know, I went into valleys and just saw children looking after children, children taking each other by the hand with children on their backs, looking for food because the parents had died. So that was a situation that we went into in 2001, and, and that was the situation that Tumaini was born out of. Obviously, there's that, that's 20 years ago that, that we started to mining. I tried to get a major charity to take this on, but they all had sensible five-year plans and said to me, um, well, you know, we're really sorry to hear this, and we've got a five-year plan, we're two years in, come back to us in a couple of years, tell us again, and, you know, we would really like to help. But I saw those children in my mind's eye, they had no one to get help and get food today, so yeah, yeah. they couldn't wait two years. So being a Christian, um, you know, I, I spoke to, to the Lord and, and put the phone down on my very last rejection and, and said, Father, someone has to help these children. And then I thought, well, my husband and I, you know, have a, a reasonable income as doctors, so we could help some children and maybe folk in our church or at our clinic might help us with the children. So I reckoned in 2003 when we started to Tumaini, um, that we'd maybe be able to help about 50 children through education and so on. But now, with the help of Tumaini Fund USA and, and Canada, and we've got Tumaini in Scotland, um, we're now supporting 100,000 orphans. Wow. What a, what a story, Dr. Wilson. Just amazing indeed. And just to give you the, the barriers to success, I mean, as I recall, in order to go to school, you have to have a uniform, and uniforms cost money. Kids can't can't afford the the uniforms in order to go go to school. So it's kind of a vicious cycle, isn't it? Exactly, and and you know you can see from the you know what I told you about the 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 poverty in that area. The the people find it hard to to get money for uniforms for their children normally, and so you can imagine the situation for children who now don't have mums and dads. There's, there's absolutely no chance for them to get to, to school. So, I mean, there's many wonderful things with Tumaini, but one of, the, one of the wonderful things is in each of our five offices, so the region's about the size of southwest Florida, 
and um, we've got five main offices dotted around that serve the area around them. And in each of our offices, we have a tailoring school, um, and we teach children, girls and boys, who can no longer continue with education. Um, we teach them English and maths, entrepreneurship, and give them a two-year course in tailoring. Wow. And in amongst the tailoring that they do, um, in their second year, when their skills are really good, they make a large number of, primary, of elementary school uniforms for us to give the children. Um, so all we have to do is buy the material, which is the same throughout Tanzania in the, in the state schools, white shirts, blue, blue for skirts and brown for trousers. And, and our children in the tailoring school make these uniforms. Amongst their other things, they make gowns and they make suits and trousers and all kinds of shirts, but they make quite a lot of primary school uniforms. So at the end of their two-year course, we say thank you for making all these primary, uh, ele- sorry, it's the English, elementary school uniforms. So um, thank you for making these uniforms for our children. Um, and we give them their, their sewing machine home with them at the end of their course. So not only do they have the skills now to be a tailor, but now they have the, the wherewithal to do it. And we've had all these wonderful elementary school uniforms to pass on to our children. Oh, what a wonderful story. Again, Dr. Susan Wilson. Now, you've got an event coming up on Saturday tonight, Saturday night. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, it's it's lovely. It's, um, it's our annual gala, gala dinner. And... Um, this year, as last year, we're going to be having it at the um, Wonder Gardens in um, Bonita Springs. And it's, it's a wonderful place. Um, and we had such a great time last year. Um, we have catering by Artichoke, and it's in a, a covered pavilion. There's going to be African dancing, and we have a silent auction, a live auction. And, you know, the, the money that's gathered from that, we have 100,000 orphans. We are so grateful to the people attending because they're actually saving lives. You know, we, we amongst other things, we build, um, we construct wells which give villages clean, safe water rather than the filthy water with salmonella and typhoid in it yeah. that so many children die from. We, we, we get many offers of people wanting to um, construct wells. And so every year, because of this event, um, we're saving lives, saving children's lives in Tanzania. So we're so, so grateful. And, and the way to, to um, get a ticket for this event, so it's Saturday evening. Um, it's 5 o'clock, finishing by 9 o'clock. Um, and people can purchase tickets from the Tumaini Fund website, which is Tumaini, as you know, Bob, is yeah. T-U-M-A-I-N-I. And then it's fund USA, so to miningfundusa.org, and then forward slash events. And that's where people can get tickets. And we'd so much love you to come. We'd love to show you the work that we're doing. Well, it's just incredible work and the impact that you've had. Again, just thinking back to wanting to save 50 lives, and mm. now uh, 100,000 lives are being impacted by the To Mine Fund. Can uh, I tell you one last thing? Uh huh, Sheila. Yeah, one last thing that I really wanted to say was that um, at the, after 20 years, um, many of our children have been educated to degree level. And actually five out of our six leaders now are our former orphans. Wow. 
Oh. Who, one of whom I've known since 2000. I met him when his house was falling down in 2004, Isaac Cabombo, and he's actually our director of programs now. And they're paying it forward. They're working for very small salaries, and they are so empathic with our families. They just get down to the same level. They know what they've been through, and they do everything they can to help them. So, and we're building in now um, sustainability. We're building in income-generating projects so that more and more in the years ahead we'll raise more and more money in Tanzania. So this won't be a dependency-creating project. It will actually be something that I think it will take two generations, to be honest, because there are more orphans all the time, and not just from AIDS now, but from typhoid, maternal death, and so on. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's the, the makeup of our 100,000 now. A lot of AIDS orphans but some other orphans. But we're looking to a project that will run itself, but it will take two generations. We need people to get behind us and help us reach that goal. Well, you are doing indeed God's work. So uh, I just really uh, commend you for what you're doing. And again, encourage our listeners to go to the Tumaini Fund, uh, org and uh, get tickets for the event coming up, $295 a piece, and it's really, uh, it's going to be a great time. I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show, Dr. Wilson. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Bob. All the best. God bless you. You Bye-bye. Thank you so much. All right, coming up, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Welcome 
back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform. You can find out more and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. Right now we have with us Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, sir. Tell us about Less Government. I can't. We're not doing it. Um, <laughs> we're trying. We exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and D.C. does not. Kind of sad, isn't it? But uh, nevertheless, grateful for your efforts, Seton. Thank you. And you wrote a piece about uh, a, a think tank uh, who put together a panel. Not <laughs> Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah. You know, I, in my day, I, I put together two D.C. panels before I decided it was a complete waste of my time. And what I noticed was I looked around, you know, you look around at what's going on, and then you look around, you, you decide what's work, you know, what you think works and what you think doesn't. And what I noticed was everyone agreed with everything on every panel. Huh. So I put together debates and actually got reporters to come moderate. So it was three on three twice with reporters moderating the discussion. Huh. And you actually had contrasting opinions on the, on the dais. Um, and and th- that doesn't happen in D.C. The, the, the point, there's a lot of, you know, you're noticing less than that the zeitgeist the, 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 uh, cares less and less about what we think because they're figuring out more and more that the American people really actually don't care how corrupt they are. Yeah. Um, and you're seeing that all over the place now. And, and uh, if, you, if you haven't quantified it in that way, you'll start to now that you've heard that. It's, they don't care. Well, there's some legacy institutional effort, you know, uh, there's some legacy institutions in Washington that were created back when they did care to create a veneer of, you know, uh, correctness, a veneer of intellectual uh, impromptu on what DC is doing, and most of the think tanks in DC are a part of that. And but their job, they're paid the same way the elected officials are paid, and their job is to, put, you know, put their their intellectual you know stamp of approval on whatever DC is doing to expand and advance DC. Um, <clears throat> I, there was a panel i watched it online because it's in one of my areas of interest um was there was a tech panel at the what is it the itif it's the, the something technological and innovation for, uh, foundation that's the that's the acronym that's the group that put this thing on and my first thought was gee there are six panels panelists for an hour and a half discussion Nobody likes to hear themselves talk more than people from D.C. That seems like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it seemed like a whole lot when I looked into the backgrounds of the six people on the panel. There were six uh, executives from six different groups. You go and look at the groups. All six groups receive money from Amazon and Google. Uh. All six. Five of the six get money from Facebook and Apple. So it's, the, it's a big tech panel. They don't, of course, advertise it as a big... They, they 
they advertise it as a thoughtful discussion yeah. on the tech issues of the day yeah. from experts in Washington, D.C. There are a bunch of hacks for big tech, all of them. Oh, and by the way, the host, ITF, ITIF, gets money from all four. Google, Facebook, Amazon, Apple. Yeah. So, there, you know, you don't have to watch the video. You don't have to read the transcript. You know what was said if you follow tech issues. It was a big, giant, big, big tech fest. And so it was just, it again shows just how bought D.C. is, especially by big tech. Big tech owns everyone. Because the ITIF is allegedly a center-right inst- uh, organization. They're huh. not. But they're supposed to be. Uh-huh. Wow. Um, and, and they sold out to big tech, too. Well, the, the one interesting thing that was said in an hour and a half was by the one woman on the panel. She's the head of who cares what it is. It's Linda something from one of the one of the tech joints that they invited. that's funded by. Oh, and by the way, multiple of the organizations were funded by Chinese tech companies. Alibaba, right. Zoom, TikTok. Wow. They're on the pay, they're on the payroll of China too. Wow. Um, just thought I'd throw that in. So anyway, this woman says, you know, they're referring to a Joe Biden uh, tech agenda op-ed that ele- Biden allegedly wrote in Wall Street Journal, and he said the U.S. leads the world in innovation, which isn't true. And this woman rightly points out that it isn't true. That we used to be when, when the, the the Bloomberg in- Innovation Index started in 2013. And we were number one for year after year until what happened coinciding, you know, coinciding with the 2013 debut of the Bloomberg Innovation Index was Congress passing the America Innovation, America Invents Act, which destroyed American invention. And so we, we dropped out of the top 10 on Bloomberg's index. And she points this out, which is she's right in that. But she's so completely – either she's oblivious or she's lying her face off about why this happened. Uh-huh. Congress passed this stupid law in 2013 at the behest of big tech companies who are worth trillions of dollars but don't want to pay licensing fees for patents for the products that make them trillionaires. I mean, unbelievable. So they, they get this law passed. Big tech gets this law passed. It guts. America's patent system guts the American innovation system. And then 10 years later, you have an idiot flack for big tech wondering publicly as an alleged expert why the U.S. dropped out of the top 10. And I wrote an article about it when we dropped out of the top 10 in 2018. Yeah. I said, you know, I said, crisis, uh, we're out of the top 10 on innovation. This is a problem. And we've been out of the top 10 since 2018. Wow. See, and, my... and she's calling attention to it in 2023 20, without any acknowledgement that her stewards, her clients, her funders are the reason why we yeah. dropped out of the top 10. Wow. You can't you can't assault intellectual property and then, you know, st- stand there and go, gee, I wonder why intellectual property is not doing well. Yeah. Well, You guys did this. This yeah. is you. You did this. And to have all six people represented by Google, one of the worst intellectual uh, property thieves this side of, of uh, China, um, to, to, to have all six represented plus the host, seven, all of them on the panel represented. And Amazon is a horrible IP thief, too. Horrible. Apple, same thing. 
Facebook, not as much, but, but still. Um, but just to have this big tech panel pretending to be this intellectual discussion of, of the day's events on tech. Yeah. It, it's just, it's just so, so fraudulent and so typically DC. Absolutely. Seat Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I'll help you visit lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seaton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. My pleasure indeed. <laughs> Coming up, we're going to be uh, visiting with Linda Harden. Right now, the times are changing and trends in funeral services are no exception. The traditional somber, formal affair of marking one's passing and transitioning into a celebratory event where family and friends can gather more casually in a relaxed setting that incorporates the comforts of home. On Sunday, February the 19th, Hodges Life Celebration Center at 26051 South Tamiami Trail in Bonita Springs will host a community open house and reception from 2 to 4 p.m. with a ribbon cutting and champagne toast at 3.15 p.m. The new facility reflects the latest innovation in funeral services by the Hodges uh, brand. In uh, its dynamic and its capacity to accommodate both traditional and non-traditional funerals and memorials, said Michelle Matuzak, the funeral director. But we also are eager to extend our facility to the community as a gathering place for those wanted to host a special brunch or luncheon amongst those friends or perhaps a dinner to host an anniversary or a milestone event. We're offering catering services second to none, said Matuzak. So the special guest for the event will be Mrs. Thelma Hodges. She's the uh, widow of Earl Hodges. She's 94 years young. What a wonderful woman she is. And uh, they met in 1955 in Naples and ended up getting married and uh, lived happily ever after. So uh, anyhow, Thelma Hodges will be there as well. It's going to be such a great event. I encourage you to call for RSVP. You can 366-5333, And event again, Sunday, February the 19th from 2 to 4 p.m. And uh, at 26051 Tamimi Trail South, Benita Springs. Well, I hope to see you there. Okay, coming up, Linda Harden, that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue 
Provence restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. We get the politics and we know the policy. We prepare your elected officials to win in the legislature. And you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us Linda Harden, so well-informed on what's happening around the world and right here on the Paradise Coast. Linda, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's. <laughs> will you be my Valentine? Yes, I will. <laughs> okay, great. So... Uh, it's kind of curious right now. We're just not hearing from Joe Biden about these uh, objects, these flying objects, and uh, nor do we have any kind of an accounting of what's going on. What are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are that, A, um, that all of this stuff is a major distraction about the current crisis for the Biden administration, which includes the Nord Stream 2 pipeline being blown up. And nobody's talking about it, but everybody on social media is, is saying, um, wait, don't don't look at the Nord Stream pipeline that the United States blew up when, in fact, Biden said that that's what he was going to do if Russia invaded he Ukraine. He did say that. He did say it. It's on tape everywhere. Yep. And so, by the way, and so did Victoria, Newland. Miss Bloodthirsty Newland, yeah. who's got her tentacles and always has had in the Ukraine. So she said that, she said that Nord Stream 2 would disappear. Biden said we'd take care of it, that Nord Stream 2 would disappear. It blew up. Now now they're saying, wait a minute, the United States did it. And all of these other things are happening. How could that be to distract things floating over the United States? What, what, what cracks me up is that John Kirby, the spokesperson for the for the um, administration. Yeah, but he's he he's with the um, uh, one of the departments specifically. But but he's he's touting how great the response was from Joe Biden, and and you know I've said this so often. These people in Washington think we're all stupid because everybody knows that that Biden knew about this balloon. And did nothing until like four or five days after the fact. Then he said, oh, we'll shoot it down. And the industrial complex says, no, 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 we're not going to shoot it down until after it, it goes over the entire of the United States and into South Carolina waters, the waters off of South Carolina. And Chuck Schumer saying, oh, well, we gained a lot of intelligence from that. That is so much BS. It is so much BS. So uh, what's even more egregious to me is the fact that uh, 
here in, in Palestine, I guess it is, Palestine, Ohio. East Palestine. East Palestine. I want to call it Palestine, but it's yeah, Palestine. It's Palestine. This, uh, this explosion has occurred that's uh, just uh, absolutely corrupting the air and the water in that area. Killing and, animals, killing fish, and, and, and making uh, people sick. What's the federal response? Well, it's Buttigieg complaining about the fact that people who are working on projects are all white, as opposed to responding to the people in, in uh, East Palestine on how they're going to handle the crisis and what's going to happen. Well, he had a comment out. He says, I cont- this morning, I continue to be concerned about the people in East Palestine. This guy... That goes it, a, long, a long way. This guy is absolutely... Clueless. St- clueless, stupid, and somebody's been feeding him a lot of um, uh, ego pills because he thinks he's so great, and he has done absolutely nothing. Think about the crisis that, that he is... Um, since he's been uh, Secretary of Transportation, Southwest Airlines debacle, um, the FAA shutting down all airspace all across the country debacle. Um, Not only do we have the the train wreck in East Palestine, Ohio, but now we've had two more, one in Texas and one in um, uh, uh, somewhere else yesterday. And and this guy's complaining about the color of the construction workers. Yeah. I I don't know... um, how much more fed up I can be with this administration. But they are just the most pathetic group of, of idiots I have ever so seen in my whole life. The question is, what are they trying to distract from? Is it from the uh, Nord Stream pipeline? Or uh, to me, I, it's very difficult to decide what it is, what's important to these folks because they do nothing well. Well, let's, say, <laughs> let's just say this. The, the, the list of, of, um, of people that cohort, uh, were cohorting with Jeffrey Epstein is supposed to come out very soon Hmm. um now all of a sudden john brennan is going oh wait i never said that the hunter biden uh laptop was russian disinformation of course course, and he's calling out politico for for mis misquoting him on it these people are inside the letter i know he's one of the 56 guys i know but but they're they see you know what what is the i don't know if it was tucker or somebody said Oh, it was Bannon? I don't know. But anyway, somebody said, um, if you see one cockroach running, if you if you look behind the walls, all of the rest of them are back there. That's and right. now and now they're being exposed. By the way, due due to um people like Jim Jordan, uh James Cormer, um, all these people Matt Gates, all these people who are exposing what this administration has been um up to and now they're doing everything to distract. This is my personal opinion. Yeah. But if they want to distract, guess what happens? Suddenly there's a there's a mass shooting. Guess what happened in, in, in Michigan yesterday, at the University of Michigan? There's a mass shooting. They will do anything to distract from their from their incompetence and yeah. their I mean it it's it's tragic. It's just tragic. But this the latest thing by James Clapper is just hysterical. Yeah. I mean, he's on the cover of, of I don't know how many magazines saying this was Russian disinformation. Oh, by the way, yeah. during the um, 2020 election cycle, when 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 Trump was um, uh, debating Biden, Biden even said, we've got 51 um, uh, security individuals who said this is all, this is all Russian disinformation. 
um, about the laptop. Who was one of them? James Clapper. His picture is right on the cover saying, yep, it's James. You know, I agree. And now he says, no, I never said that. Are you kidding me? I know. He's just unbelievable. Linda, I always appreciate your commentary here in the Are show. Are we done already? So, well, we covered a lot. <laughs> She's just really appreciate your commentary. You're welcome. Be my Valentine. I will. All I will. right. Thank you so much. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we've got great guests for tomorrow, including uh, Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz, will be with us as well. I always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if you enjoy the show, tell your friends. That's one of the ways we get the word out and support our advertisers. Couldn't do the show without them. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. <laughs>